see you all. It's an exciting morning to begin this uh, time of reflection. As, as Father Walter was saying, you know, as we, as we take the day, I think it's very important to pay attention to what you hear and what moves your heart. Pay attention to where the Spirit's leading you in your own personal prayer and journey of faith, because that's what this is what we're on, right, is a journey of faith. And so, I'd like to just begin with a a few reflections here. Um, I was looking up um, some of the social reasons um, for abortion, which many of you might already know, but I just think it's an important thing to keep in mind where the heart of those we're praying for is. Where's the heart of the people we are interceding for or praying for? Because we believe that, you know, this is this is more... This, this talk is on, um, let it be done according, let it be done to me according to your, to your will, to your word. And also looking through the eyes of Mary. Mary obviously doesn't see so much our actions. She sees what's going on inside of creating those actions, especially harmful actions. And we know that abortion is harmful to not only the woman and the child, but to all of society. So, if we're going to approach this as children of God, then we want to approach this struggle or this problem or this tragedy the same way the Blessed Mother would. And how does the mother approach anything? She looks at the heart of her children, right? So I think this is important for us to kind of, where's the heart of those we're praying for? And I was looking at a few statistics just to kind of give us a little bit of a reflection or a sense of where the heart is, where's the heartbeat of of some of these women or families that enter into uh, this tragedy of abortion. And 25% of these women, they feel unready for a child or the responsibilities that come with having a child. And so this is, again... Lord, teach us to pray. You know, the Blessed Mother was a woman of prayer. She was a woman that obviously believed. She allowed it to be done to her according to God's will. She allowed God to become flesh within her because, why? She believed. You know, fiat. She gave her fiat, her yes. So we see here, Many women feel unready for a child and responsible. I heard um, Dr. Scott Hahn was once saying, if you wait to have children, you'll never have any. It's, it's, a, it's a step of faith to have a child, right? It's a real leap of faith. So if we look at this as people of faith with the eyes of Mary, with eyes of faith, I think one of the things we need to keep in mind here right off the bat is, as, as our Holy Father uh, Emeritus, Benedict, said, Um, This is a year of faith. So a part of our intercession, a part of our prayer with Mary, in Mary, and in her heart, the the prayer of her heart joined to her son is, Lord, give faith to these families. Give them faith. Because this is the greater healing, right? The gift of faith. 
So we pray for the gift of faith for these women, for these families, for all those involved, for those that work at the abortion mills and uh, the graces they need in faith. So many feel unready, 25%, and it might even be higher. I know these statistics are a little bit old, maybe I think 2005, but it's still somewhat relevant. Feels she can't afford the baby, 23%. So again, it's something, there's, see there's fear. There's a lot of fear there going on inside the heart and inside the spirit. A lot of fear. A lot of unknowns, you know, a lot of confusion. We know most women aren't choosing abortion just because it's abortion, right? There's something there. There's a pressure there. There's a fear there. There's a, a, a no one, a sense that I'm alone. There's no one to help me there. Um, 19% say uh, they have all the children they want. Um, other family responsibilities take over. Um, and so if we add up the major things here, you know, it's like 93% basically is social reasons. It's pressures, it's fears, it's doubts, it's what am I going to do, I'm alone. So I think if we, again, laying the foundation for this day, how do we approach this whole issue with Mary's heart? Well, we have to go into our own hearts first. That's what this retreat day is about, is going into my own heart. Can I identify with the fears that these women are having? Can I identify with the fears or the feeling alone or the feeling like I, I'm trapped, I don't know what to do? Where in your life you know, this might be a question to take in one of your reflection questions. Where in my life have I felt trapped or afraid? Where in my life have I felt alone? Where in my life have I felt like there was nowhere to turn? Because, see, when, you're, when you start to get in touch with where you were at that place, then you have, you have the proper disposition and attitude to minister and, and love the other. So we, we don't want to just go out here. Today's not really about going out here and, and addressing the issue out here. The issue today is, where am I? What's going on inside of me? Lord, how can I become a better apostle of mercy? How can I become a better minister of life and love to those you place in my daily path? And this is what we're about, right? This is what we're about is giving Jesus like our Blessed Mother gave Jesus. But to give Jesus, we have to have the faith and courage to first go into our own hearts. And when I have the faith to go into my heart and encounter my humanity, where I've been afraid, where I've been alone, where I've been uh, uh, trapped, or where I felt like I have nowhere to turn, when I have the courage to go in, within, in me and, and find that place in me, that's where I'm going to find Jesus, in me. And so I have to encounter the Lord in me. That's a huge part of ministry. Like I have to give the courage and the humility to go within myself and say, Lord, this is where I'm feeling like I'm not going to let you live. This is where I'm afraid to let you be God, to let you be Lord, to let you live. You know, in, in some of my reflections recently, in, in just, or in my homilies, I, the Lord's really put on my heart this whole idea of every time we sin, we abort the Christ child in our own lives. 
we're all guilty of not letting Jesus be born, not letting Jesus live. And so we need to all go within our own hearts and, and look at those areas where we're afraid to let God live. Because maybe we don't believe. And because that's, again, the heart of all of these actions or these reactions that these women and families have that, that go to abortion mills, it's a lack of faith. It's a fear that's taking over. And so I have to have, again, compassion. Prayer without compassion and understanding isn't going to help anyone. And so we have to go within ourselves with courage and humility and ask the Holy Spirit. This is the whole point of the Holy Spirit's coming, is to give us the permission and freedom and the ability to go within ourselves and encounter our own broken humanity, our own questioning, our our own fears, our own doubts, but to go within ourselves and that's where we're going to find our encounter with the Savior, with God Himself. And so, that's just to kind of, you know, somewhat lay a foundation for us all for, for this talk and at least in for as we continue the day, you know, faith, hope, and love, we're going to be hitting the three theological virtues as Father said, but this one's on faith and it requires great faith to embrace my own humanity. Because without faith, I'm not going to embrace my humanity. And without faith, these women will never be able to embrace the humanity of themselves or the baby that they've been entrusted to by God. And, and we can't embrace their humanity if we don't embrace our own humanity. So again, where in my life have I felt trapped, abandoned, afraid, nowhere to turn? Because that's an important part of this ministry that we can all get in touch with our own hearts and lives only by the grace of God. Because the scripture says, right, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Freedom to do what? Freedom to encounter and embrace my own humanity. Remember, God entered into humanity. The, the, the Father sent the Son, but Jesus and the Father, there, there's an embrace of humanity there. There's an embrace of humanity. And how did that embrace happen? Through Mary. So Mary's role in helping you and I to embrace our own humanity, go within and embrace those areas where we feel trapped or abandoned or afraid or nowhere to turn. Mary's role in that spiritual journey for us personally and individually is key and critical. As Father said, I loved what he said in his homily, you know, if you haven't prayed that way, it inspired me to begin to pray that way. Mary, form me in your womb. Form my husband in your womb. Form my wife in your womb. Form my family in your womb. Form these workers at the abortion mill in your womb. Little prayers of faith that way. Acts of faith. Allow God to begin to give permission to those souls to embrace their humanity. Because as we know, this, this war on the evil of abortion is much bigger than social issues. It's a spiritual battle. And, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that as the day goes forward. But it begins here first, not out there. The spiritual battle's here. Because to the degree I love myself, to that degree I'll love others. You know? So I have to love myself. And it takes great faith to embrace myself. But again, that's a gift the gift of the Spirit to ask the Lord for. 
something to think about today. And don't be afraid to go to that place where you feel abandoned or alone or afraid. Because, again, that's where you can begin to encounter the supernatural, encounter the Holy Spirit, encounter grace, and watch grace work. It's kind of like you can step outside yourself and begin to see the Holy Spirit through Mary's heart and prayers begin to transform you. Because see, Jesus, as He's born in me, as I let Him be born in me, He'll embrace me. And then it's no longer I who live, right? It's Christ who lives in me, as Paul says. It's, it's Christ who begins to embrace humanity through me. And that's what's going to happen when we're ministering. Just looking at somebody in the Spirit. Like I can look at a woman or whoever it is that's going into the abortion. Say a car's driving into the abortion mill and I'm outside praying. There's a look of the Spirit that can actually... They can feel the embrace of Christ just through a look. So, as, as Father invited me to think about faith through the eyes of Mary. Like, how does Mary see you? How does Mary see you right now? What does Mary see when she sees you? Like, ask her that question today. Mary, how do you see me? What do you see when you look at me? And take some quiet time to pray through these questions we give you today um, in your journaling. Mary, what do you see when you see me? Because again, as you hear the truth of how Mary sees you, you're going to see others that way. That's how you're going to see them. And that's how people's lives are changed when we look at them as Our Lady looks at us. And ultimately, as our Lord looks at us and we look at uh, others as Jesus does. The scripture here that I'd like to reflect a little bit on this is uh, Matthew 9. Verses 27 to 30. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed Him, crying out, Have mercy on us, Son of David. When He entered the house, the blind men came up to Him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to Him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, It shall be done according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about this. So, there's these two blind men. It's right here. These two blind men who are crying out, Have mercy on us. So I think we got to be able to say, I don't see the beauty of my own humanity yet. I mean, we have glimpses of it, all of us, but we can always grow more in our understanding of how beautiful we are, how God sees us with such an amazing beauty. And so, each of us here, I'd invite you to, again, ask this question. Ask these questions that I'm giving you. You know, Lord, show me how beautiful I am. Let me see my beauty as you 
formed me and fashioned me with the palm of your hands. Show me my beauty. So these two blind men, have mercy on us, son of David. So we, we are the blind. Lord, I can't see. Obviously you see something because you wouldn't be here if you didn't see, right? But you can always grow more. We can always go deeper in our way of seeing, our way of hearing. What do you see? What do you hear? Contemplative prayer, that's what this is. What do you see? What do you hear? The Holy Spirit will enlighten you. Open your ears, open your eyes. So these two blind men crying out, Son of David, have mercy on us. So we need to have that as our beginning. One, I'm blind, Lord, and I don't totally understand how beautiful I am and how, I, how I'm created in your image and likeness. Because remember, all is that principle. To the degree I see my beauty, I'll see another's beauty. To the degree I love myself, I will love others. So, faith is key here. Because without faith, there is not going to be any grace released that which allows this healing to happen where I can begin to embrace myself, see myself. So, we are blind. It's humility to acknowledge that. Lord, I'm blind. Show me where I'm blind. And then we're crying out, have mercy on us, son of David. Meaning, I can't do this on my own. I can't embrace my own broken humanity. I can't see my own beauty without your grace, without your light, without your spirit. And so the Lord then asked the question here. Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Mary believed that God was able to do what no one else could do. Do you believe that God lives in you? Do you believe that God can do for you today what you desire Him to do for you? So we're blind, we cry out in mercy to Him, whom, Him who alone can heal, Him who alone can open the eyes, Him who alone can open our, open our ears. And then He says, Jesus asks you the question, He's asking these blind men, do you believe that I can do this for you? And so do you believe, do you believe that the Lord can do for you what you desire in your deepest desires? And then it says, they said yes. Yes, sounds familiar, doesn't it? If we go to Luke, we know that someone else said yes, right? We know that the Blessed Mother, when the angel appeared to her, said yes, let it be done to me, according to your word. Yes. Lord, let your spirit love through me. Let your spirit move through me. Let your life be lived through me. Live the Eucharist. This is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Let it be done, Lord. Use me to love. Use me to share. Use me to give. But see, sometimes we don't always understand, I don't think, the depth of what that yes really means. But I think a part of us actually does. That's why we're afraid to give the yes. Because if you say yes... You're saying yes to love. And we all know love has a cost and a price. If we look at the crucifix here and meditate on what yes really means. So yes really means I'm going to let Jesus live. I'm going to trust you to get me through good times, bad sickness, health, rich, poor, death, do us part. I'm going to trust you, Lord, that you'll give me every grace and strength that I need. Yes is... Just like a candle burns and the wax is consumed. A yes is like 
Jesus is burning in me and my humanity is consumed by his love. And I spend myself, my whole life, giving and sharing the Lord. As Paul says again, it's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. Do you believe God can sustain you in this ministry, in this service of giving and giving and giving? But again, you can't give unless you first receive. We have to receive power like Mary did all the time. Receiving in faith. This power and healing. It's not like I go in prayer and I receive and then I, the rest of the day, do, 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 do. We have to get into that lifestyle of receiving like Mary did. Mary was always receiving from the Father. She was always, you know, tuning in and listening to where's the Lord speaking to her. What did she, what she saw God moving throughout each day at every moment of every day. As I said, when I started here, pay attention. You're not going to, everything I say is not going to touch you or be for you. But some of the things I say, the Holy Spirit's like, right there, go right there. Write that question down. Write that thought down. That's where I want you to go in your prayer in a little while. Take that into your deeper prayer, personal prayer. And so they said, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, it shall be done according to your faith. He touched their eyes. Then it shall be done according to your faith, he said. So, Maybe a possible meditation um, is sitting in the silence and feel Jesus' hands on your eyes after you say yes. Let Him touch your eyes. Because again, we want to see ourselves and others as Jesus sees us. We want to see ourselves and others as Mary sees us. Mary and Jesus, Mary gave Jesus His own eyes, right? Jesus' eyes didn't just pop out of nowhere. Mary formed those eyes in her womb. Those eyes that he has in his head, his humanity, that's eyes given to him by our Blessed Mother. <coughs> and so Mary and Jesus shared the same eyes. They shared the same ears in a sense. They, you know, flesh in my flesh, bone on my bone. There's a, there's a beautiful, uh, deep reflection there of... of <coughs> Being, when you and I are in Mary's womb, as Father was saying in his homily, Mary's forming our eyes to be Jesus' eyes. She's forming our ears to be Jesus' ears. She's forming our humanity to, to be Christ to the world. But again, this requires faith. Because grace comes through faith. And so the gift of faith you and I have been given and entrusted at our baptism. And so when we say, Lord, I believe, yes, I believe, fiat, let it be done, give me eyes. Let it be done, give me ears. Let me see, let me hear as you see and as you hear. Let me experience myself as you experience me, Lord. So their eyes were opened, it says. So that's what our prayer is Faith is always about seeing. It's about having our eyes open to see as God sees. So as we continue, um, I'd like you to keep that in mind and, and think about that as we, as we journey today through this time of prayer, time of reflection. And I want to read to you, let's see here, where's it at? Um, Luke chapter 2. 
Here it is. Luke chapter 2, verse 35. Luke 2, 35. And a sword will pierce even your soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. A sword will pierce your soul. You know, that's Simeon, right? Remember, Simeon blessed the child and said to Mary, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel for a sign to be opposed. It's an interesting, a sign, a child's a sign to be opposed. A sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So, a sword's going to pierce her heart, Simeon the prophet, saying, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Think about that. What does that mean? A sword's going to pierce Mary's heart so that the thoughts of many can be revealed. What it says is, when you embrace your humanity, when we embrace our humanity, we're going to experience piercings. You're made to love. (laughs) We're made to love. When you embrace humanity, you experience being pierced. You experience sorrow because the reason we suffer is because we love. I can close everyone out and stop loving, but that's going to make me miserable and I become hard and cold. If you keep loving, you'll be pierced. But when you're pierced, and I'm pierced, it's the power of God loving through me that allows others' minds and hearts to ask questions, who is this person that keeps loving me even though I hurt them again and again and again? Who is this? Mystically speaking, when you're pierced, if you allow grace to move through your faith, this is what people experience. They're at Calvary at that very instant. Mystically, you bring people right to the foot of the cross with Mary when you're pierced. When you're standing out at the abortion mill, at least that's been my experience, or when you're counseling someone, or when you're praying, you'll experience piercings. But we don't react and fight back like the world fights back. We don't fight the way the world fights. We fight with, with love. This is our weapon right here. The weapon is Jesus, letting Him live. So, by allowing myself to be pierced, I'm making an amazing gift or amazing act of faith to, to, to feel pain, to feel the humanity, to feel Jesus living His passion in me and through me at that moment. That takes a ton of pain. But it takes a lot of faith and the Lord wants us to trust Him in those moments. Because that's what's going to open the eyes of the blind when they see the brilliant light of this glorious Christ living through us. This is baptism. You're you're living your baptismal identity. Jesus in you and through you is revealing to the world the love He came to reveal. And then all of these people that experience Jesus in us and through us, their thoughts are revealed to them. They realize, what am I doing? Like the soldier, right? When a soldier pierced his side, if you watch the Passion of Christ, right, as soon as the blood hit him, his eyes were open and he believed. That was a moment of conversion, but it came through the way Jesus responded to the piercing. 
So how are you going to respond to the piercings in your life? Another question, where have I been pierced in my life? And how have I responded to those piercings or those wounds where I was wounded by another? Did I allow Jesus to be born in that moment or did I say, no, you can't live? And we ask the Lord for... And again, we're all going to make mistakes. We're not going to be perfect at this. This is not easy. This is, this is not well, what I would say Christianity 101. This is like graduate study. <laughs> but it, the Lord schools us. The Lord schools us along. You know, He doesn't expect us to all of a sudden... Although I can say this, the best people that are... The best at this are children. Children are very good at loving, and they get hurt, but they keep trusting. They get hurt, they keep trusting. But sadly, as we grow older, sometimes we get colder and more callous because we don't want to be hurt anymore. But that's an issue of faith. If we start just relying on reason, if I just rely on my reason alone, when I'm pierced, I'm definitely going to not keep loving you. But if I rely on my faith, which extends my reason to the supernatural, I'm going to say, okay, Lord... You can keep loving. Because God has a way of, of, of healing us and restoring us and giving us the graces that we need. So, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and, many, fall and rise of many in Israel and is signed to be opposed. A sword will pierce your soul, Mary, to the end that thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So again, Mary's participation at the cross. She gave him his heart. You know, God made her so that he could have a heart through her body, make a heart for him. And his heart was given to him by Mary to give to the world, and he knew he would be pierced. Mary shared in that piercing. So Mary's role, when, when you and I are pierced, when we're on the cross, never, ever, ever try to live the cross without Mary. We can't, continue to live the Eucharist without Mary. She's always at the foot of the cross helping us to receive when it's hard to receive. God ordained that the Blessed Mother would be here. Somebody's like, well, he's God. He doesn't need anyone. That's a lie. He does. He chose to need Mary. So if he needs Mary, if we try to do anything without her, we're going to fail miserably. So when we're pierced, we always look down and see Our Lady standing there at our side saying, I'll help you receive love so that you can keep giving love. It's her heart that helps us receive so that we can keep giving love. Love is God. God is love. John says that in his epistle. So we keep giving God who is love. So these are just some thoughts that I, I believe that the Holy Spirit would like you to think and ponder not so much out here, but more within yourself. You know, some of the questions I gave for reflection, I'd encourage you to take a little time throughout the day during some times of adoration to take these questions into your heart. And, you know, maybe one spoke to you, maybe none spoke to you, maybe one later will speak to you through fathers or someone else's talk. So trust the Holy Spirit here as He's moving because He's trying to form us more and more, always forming us into being Christ. And the reason... We exist is to live the Eucharist. That's why it's the source and summit of our faith. We're called to mystically give the world, Jesus, everything, who is everything.
So let us close with the Hail Mary and just thank her for her yes so that we could see Mary's grace, the grace that comes through her comes to us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless you, Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit. How constant, how divine The song of ours will rise Oh, how constant, how divine This love of ours will rise Will rise Oh, praise Him